Here we go. Welcome to the Actors Room. This is episode number one, and the name of this episode is The Pilot. Also like to call The Intro. I'm going to give a little information about myself, and then what I'd like to do with this podcast. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the show. Alright, my name is Jeff Tarowski, and this is the very first episode of The Actors Room. So, it's great to be here. I'm very excited. And I actually did a few podcast uh, episodes already, and I realized that uh, there were certain things I couldn't do with the podcast, like use clips and music that I wasn't supposed to. Like I was using um, from The Godfather like the theme from The Godfather, like in the very beginning of the episode, you know, all kind of dramatic. I was going to call my podcast Marlon Brando, then everything else, because I just really wanted to talk about Marlon Brando a lot and first and realized I could probably get sued for that. And um, I should have realized that. I don't know why, for some reason, when I when I jump into something, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to do it this way, I'm going to do it that way, and that's just the way they're going to like it. Or, or I just, I can't think uh, that I'd get in trouble for doing things like that. So, you know, bad on my part. I actually did uh, three episodes before I talked to a buddy of mine who did a bunch of uh, podcasts uh, about, I think it was about four or five years ago. He was doing a, a, a podcast called uh, The Apple Junkies talking about all the new Apple products and things like that. And uh, he did about 35, 40 episodes. So I talked to him last Friday about my idea. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this podcast. It's great. He's like, well, you know, what? what's the format? What are you doing? I'm like, well, I got a song here and I got this there. And he's like, well, what kind of you, you are doing your own music, right? I said, no, no, I'm just using stuff like I'm downloading off of, you know, YouTube and out of my music selection. He's like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that, man. I said, what do you mean I can't do that? He's like, you can get sued for that. Or if you try to get it on iTunes, they won't okay it. You can't do that. You, you got to use like other sites and or original music. And I was just like, are you kidding me? So there's three episodes. And I, I mean, I just, I closed them out. I transferred them over. I mean, they're just like ready to go. And I've been editing them. And I was just like, oh man, well, I saw the the good side is that at least I didn't do seven or eight of them. So that's the good side. The bad side is, you know, I did three of them and they're no good. I can't use them. So looking on the bright side again, it was good practice. So I had myself a little bit of practice about how to do this um, because I'm a rookie and I'm going to do the best I can. But I want to have a lot of fun with it. I want to talk about acting. I want to talk about movies. I want to talk about Marlon Brando because he is fantastic. In my opinion, one of the greatest actors who ever walked on this planet. And that's saying something. To be the best at something. Do you know how many, how many people, how many actors have tried acting and have walked on this planet? And to say that you are the very best at it. I mean, that's pretty cool. And you should talk about that because he was amazing. And I wanted to do this podcast first off because I kind of feel like he's a side note. He's not completely forgotten because, you know, he's from another generation. 
but you need to keep his name alive. We need to remember the greatness of Marlon Brando because a lot of people will tell you there was acting before Marlon Brando and then there was acting after Marlon Brando. He really did change a lot in the art form. And um, people will say that, oh, he didn't even like acting, so who cares? But uh, we're going to get into Marlon Brando on the very second episode of this podcast. I'm going to dive into him, and I really want to talk about Marlon Brando. We're going to talk about other actors as well. We're going to talk about movies. I have a list of movies that I love. I have a list of actors and actresses I I love and just can't wait to just learn more about them. You know, I I know a lot about actors because I was an actor. I moved to New York City and studied acting in the late 90s, and it was great. It was a hell of an experience. So I know a little bit about acting. I was an actor. I also write. I sing as well. So I'm really looking forward to not only diving into movies and, and talking about them, um, but talking about actors and actresses because uh, I, I know a little bit about actors and certain ones, but I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to um, reading up more about them and then talking with you about them. So uh, I hear reviews and stuff like that are so important in these podcasts. So um, after listening to the podcast... Go on iTunes, subscribe if you haven't already, and be sure to leave reviews and say, oh, you know what, that podcast, it sucked, it was awful, what are you doing? Stop. Or, well, it was okay, you know, I would do this instead of that, or, you know, the music you're using is really stupid, maybe you should try doing something else, or, you know, your logo, it's really lame, maybe you should change it if you go anywhere with this thing, or, wow, you're awesome, don't do anything. Just keep doing what you're doing. Whatever it is, I'm an actor, was an actor, and writing and things like that. So I'm pretty used to negative things that are said to me. You know, you take it with what you will and move forward. So there you go. I grew up in a suburb called North Royalton, which is about 10 miles south of downtown Cleveland. So I'm a suburb kid. I grew up in your classic neighborhood, you know, a couple of streets to your right, a couple of streets to your left, and, uh, you know, I had friends to play with, and you'd hop on your bike and just take off, you know, like in the summer, you know, we got up at 9 o'clock in the morning, and you didn't come back until lunchtime, off again, come back around dinner time, you know, it was just a great neighborhood to grow up in, um, kind of a leave it to beaver household, which was fine, it was great. My family, we got along very well together, so we did a lot of things together, a very close-knit, and like to think we still are. My parents have always been very supportive of anything that I wanted to do, and my brother as well. I have a brother. He's about four years younger than me, and he is talented beyond... uh, He could draw this kid. Amazing. Now, I would draw too when I was younger, and you know we would draw together... And I just sort of stopped at a certain age. And he just kept going. Like, the kid just never stopped drawing. And, and he is just really good at it. And he can do wonderful things. He does portraits and things like that. That's, that's one of his favorite things that he likes to do. So whatever we love to do, they were very supportive, no matter what it was, which was great. So when I was a kid, 
about 12, 13 years old, I wanted to be in a play. I just thought it would be really cool. You know, why not? It just kind of hit me out of nowhere. And my parents were kind of shocked because I was really shy. And the thought of me getting up on stage was like, yeah, right, man. <laughs> You're going to do that. Sure. Sure, Jeff, whatever you say. You know, because I was real quiet, right? I mean, in school, you would uh, get in trouble for talking in class or get in trouble. No, nah, that wasn't me. I wasn't that kid. I was like that little shy kid in the corner that people like knew about but really didn't know anything about because I never said anything. So, you know, I was small. You know, I was like one of the smallest in the class when you'd line up for picture day. They would go, you know, from tallest to shortest. And, you know, I grew up in the 80s. Now I'm 40. So that's the way they did things back then. I don't know how they do this, these things now. But back then, you know, if you were short, you were at the end of the line. You know, that's just the way they did things. So I was that kid, you know. So when I said, you know, Mom, Dad, you know, I, I think I really want to be in a play. They're like, yeah, sure, that's going to happen. But I did, and eventually I did. Um, it took me a few years to kind of get up the courage to try out, and I did. So my first play that I did, I was playing an Italian gangster, and I was really excited about doing it. And my director, my high school director, said, because you're playing an Italian, you got to have an Italian dialect. That's just the way it's got to be. And I said, I, I wouldn't have the slightest idea to do an Italian dialect. I, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm Polish. I have no idea how you would do that. What should I do? She said, watch The Godfather. said, okay. I've known of the movie, but I'd never seen it. I heard it was long. So I was like, all right, all right, well, I'll watch it if that's what you want me to do. So that was the first time that I really got to see Marlon Brando act. Now, I had seen Superman, which, you know, I was a kid. And you got to watch Superman, right? And he played Jarrell, And it was a very small role. And he was cool in it. But, you know, that really wasn't a big role for him. So watching The Godfather was really cool. Seeing Marlon Brando act. And I loved the movie very much. Watched it about four or five times. Got the Italian dialect real good. Director was impressed. And I did really well in that part. And I fell in love with acting. It was just being on stage. I felt, you know, you hate to say it, but you feel really powerful. You know, everybody's looking at you. You feel really important. And you get like this, this surge like of energy and, and, and you feel the love. You really do. It's a great feeling. You get that. And being in theater, um, you get that uh, instant gratification, it's called. It's a wonderful feeling. It, you, there's nothing like it in the whole world. And you feel like you're on top of the world. So I, I was bitten by the bug. You know, I walked down the halls like between class that day. And I felt like I was like a celebrity. People were like, oh, wow, you did a really good job in that play. You know, and being as quiet as I was and people just being like, you're trying to be an actor? Wow, that's pretty cool. Good for you, man. So I did some musicals after that as well because I sing and uh, did a few things in the community theater. Um, and I actually did some acting classes locally. And I think that I got an agent near the end of the year, in the first year that I did that class. And then after that, I got a couple more agents. And I would just do commercial work. I would do uh, some industrial films. I think that I did a voiceover once. And I tried out for a few movies. I actually tried out for Primal Fear. 
uh, what happened was Leonardo DiCaprio was offered to him, and he did not want to do it. It might have just been a conflict of interest. He was maybe be working on another project at the time. So they had a nationwide hunt to get what ended up being Edward Norton's character was the character that they were looking for. They were looking for an actor for that. So that was Edward Norton's big break. Uh, he was a theater student at the time, I think. And um, we were all trying to get a big break. But I remember trying out for that. That was the big one, I remember. I was really nervous about doing that, but that was pretty cool. So, you know, I, I got some experience doing auditions, and uh, I was doing okay with those. So uh, I went to college at, at Cleveland State University and studied um, communications and education. Um, I didn't join the theater department. I don't know why I didn't do that. Maybe because I just was doing a lot of community theater and I felt that that was enough and doing the auditions and things like that. But after about a year or two, I wasn't doing too well with my grades because I was just, I just didn't want to be in college. I wanted to go to New York City. So I plugged with my father who was not too thrilled about the idea of me quitting college. And he really wanted me to get a degree before I went out there. He knew I wanted to go out there, but he wanted me to get a degree first. And I totally understand. But at that time, I had one thing on my mind, and that was going to New York City. So I finally wore him down. <laughs> Poor dad. You know, it's like, what am I going to do with this kid? All right, fine. You know, get the hell out of here. Go to New York, right? So I did. I was 20 years old. It was 1996, 97. It was, uh, it was cold, I remember. And we, I tried out to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, which is kind of like a really intense audition, I remember. You had to do like three monologues, and then you had to like talk about yourself, and it made you feel kind of uncomfortable. It was a really intense sort of thing. And so you had to wait a few days to find out if you got in or not, and got the phone call, got in, and I was really excited. Uh, so I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City, and that experience was fantastic because it was, you know, I was away from home. I was free. I, I was learning how to do things on my own. I was very sheltered. My mom was great. You know, she did my laundry for me all the time. You know, I was pretty spoiled. So now that my mommy wasn't around, I had to learn how to do my own laundry and cook my own meals. I was eating a lot of ramen noodles and a cup of soup. You put a little water in the top of this, the, the little, you know, the little soup thing and you stick it in the microwave and you know that was my dinner for like four days a week so you know I was living it up um, met a lot of cool people at the academy uh, went to a lot of cool parties a little scary because you know like I said I was a suburb kid so I was exposed to things I'd never seen before maybe we'll get into those things later on but for right now we're going to move on and uh, the academy I struggled a little in the acting portion because I soon realized that acting was really hard and I didn't know if I was I don't know if I was mature enough or I wasn't ready for the things they were teaching me at the academy but I realized that my weaknesses were overriding my strengths because I emoted a lot when you're doing high school and college productions even. You do a lot of emoting, which is being big and boisterous and really being heard and getting loud. Um, when you go to acting school, that's like the worst thing you can do. And you realize 
that you're doing too much. You got to bring it back and really listen. And listening is a big part of acting. And it it was kind of, you know, scared me a little bit. Like, whoa, you know, there's more to this than I realized. Yeah, this is harder than I thought. So I went to the Neighborhood Playhouse School of Theater next after the academy thinking that I I needed more. I, I I needed to learn more. So I went there next, and uh, the Playhouse is a great school. It's really different from the Academy. And they do the Meisner technique, which means you do a thing called repetition a lot. And it means that you take a line and you bat it back and forth with someone else. And it's all about listening and meaning what you say. And when you're in front of a bunch of people and they're looking at you, it's really hard to listen and it's just as hard to mean what you say. And although at times I would do okay with the repetition, I found myself sort of, you know, oh my God, I'm being watched right now. And oh my God, what is the teacher thinking about my performance? Right, But no, no, I can't be performing, right? I got to really be here in the character. So I have to sort of, you know, they teach you like, you know, concentrate. You and your partner are the only people in the room. Oh yeah, sure. That's easy for you to say, you know, there's like, you know, 20 people staring at me right now. So there's really a lot to acting that you don't realize it until you go out and actually do it. Like there was this one exercise where you had to walk into the room and cry. Yet no pressure there. And I remember the teacher telling us a week before, it's like, okay, you know, next week uh, we're going to, we're going to cry, everybody, you know, so be prepared. It's like, you're each going to get a day and, uh, you know, are you going to, you maybe do like three or four of you a day and you're just going to come into the room and you're going to cry. So that is your assignment. So uh, think of something sad. It's like, oh my God, no pressure. Oh, I dreaded that week. That was rough. I mean, how do you just walk into a room and cry? You know, I really struggled with that. Uh, there were some kids that didn't cry at all. Uh, there were some kids that just ran into the room bawling. So I guess it was all about like how messed up your life was. And being an actor, it almost helps having a messed up life. Like, the more messed up you are, the more issues you have, the better you are as an artist. Like, you think about all those, like, musicians that do all those, like, really, you know, the the real messy songs that just rip your heart out. You know, like, like Kurt Cobain. Like, one of my favorites of all time, Kurt Cobain, is a perfect example. The guy was just messed up, you know? But he wrote some fantastic music. Although he says that his lyrics were kind of put together at the last minute and stuff like that. I don't believe that. I I think he really knew what he was saying and what he was writing. So, you know, that's a little example about, you know, artists being who they are. And me learning about artists and acting. And and I I took this history class at the Academy. And this is when I really saw greatness is... It was a Friday, I remember. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I saw a clip. The teacher played a clip for us. It was a clip from A Streetcar Named Desire. And Marlon Brando lit up the screen. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, I thought I had seen great acting and performances in the past. Like That's why I was in New York, because I loved acting and everything. I just loved it. But, I mean, this Brando guy was like, what is that? I mean, he was like exuding, and he was, when he was younger, Marlon Brando was beautiful. I mean, I'm straight, I'm a straight man, okay? 
I saw him and I was like, holy crap. You know, am I gay now? No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, I mean, he was a beautiful man and he carried himself the way that, like, I wish that I could carry myself. He was confident, you know? He exuded energy and, like, he just knew what he was doing. He had a purpose and you just, you got it. You got him, you got his talent, and I just, I couldn't get enough of learning about this guy. I'm like, this Marlon Brando guy, this this is fantastic. I got to learn more about this guy. So I went to my nearest Barnes & Noble, which is downtown Manhattan, right? And I walked in and I went, you know, where's the biography section? It's like, right over there. All right, okay, so there I go. And I went, I, I found this book. It's called Brando by Peter Manso. And this thing is thick, thick, thick. But every single page is fucking fantastic. I mean, you learn everything about this guy. From the beginning till, I think it was around 1995 that book came out. And he was still alive at that time. Because he didn't pass until 2004. So you find out everything about Marlon Brando. Um, If you want an in-depth and pretty accurate description of who Marlon Brando was... That is the book I would recommend. Now, there are other books that have been written about Marlon Brando by like his friends that wanted, you know, earn their dollar off his name. And most of them are subpar at best. I would recommend the Peter Manso one. Um, I, I have read reviews about the Manso book from people who've read it and said that, you know, Manso is just dissing Brando left and right. And how dare he do that sort of thing to, you know... He was doing research. I mean, this Peter Manso guy, I think it took him about four or five years of research to write this book. And that's why it's so thick. I mean, he dives into everything. So that's how I kind of fell in love with Brando as well, finding out about his life. Because I got to tell you, not too many people have had that full of a life. I mean, he knew so many people. And so many people knew him and influenced him and, and vice versa. I mean, it's pretty amazing all the things that he's done and accomplished. And he's a very controversial figure. He's a fascinating character. So I really am looking forward to talking about him because even the really bad movies that he did, and he did plenty of bad movies, you still learn something from him. You you still see greatness from him, even in the bad movies. So I'm looking forward to talking about him. And, I mean, he was probably the main reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because I want to celebrate him in the way that he should be. His talent was immeasurable. And his, the, what, what he did for acting is so important. People need to know about it. They need to remember just how great he was. And he was great. Look it up. Critics will tell you that he is one of the greatest of all time. They will put him in the top three. Most people will. Well, if they know what they're talking about, they will. Top three next to Olivier, next to you know Nicholson and De Niro and Robert Redford and Al Pacino. And all those names that I just said are actors that I want to talk about. But with Brando, we're going to do it in sections because I think it's really important to talk about him the most and really dive into him in depth. So I'm thinking it's probably going to take about three episodes to really get a full understanding of Marlon Brando, just because it'll be fun. It's something that I really wanted to do for a long time, so I'm going to do that. I hope you enjoy that aspect of it, 
learning about him because it's going to set up the rest of my episodes where I'm just going to trickle in a little bit of Brando here and there just to show how he influenced all of these people that we will talk about. Um, I also want to talk about movies like I mentioned before because there's a lot of movies, especially the older ones. Um, I'm married to an awesome woman. Her name is Amy. And I have two wonderful children. And I have a full-time job. So I'm busy. So I don't have time to be watching all of the recent movies that are coming out right now. And if you want my honest opinion, they're probably not even worth talking about right now. But that's just me talking right now. So this podcast is going to be centered around older films that I love and I hope you do too. So I want you to know that once again, giving comments is so important. I'm going to need your feedback on what you want, uh, what I should do differently. Um, If you want me to talk about an actor that you really love or something like that, please do not hesitate to do that. I'm open for anything. Uh, I also want you to know that I have other interests as well. Uh, I love true crime. I'm kind of addicted to it right now. I listen to about three or four different podcasts of true crime. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's fascinating. I don't know what it is about true crime. I've always been, like Unsolved Mysteries back in the 80s, that show with Robert Stack and everything. It was one of my favorite shows. You know, that beginning theme song is great. So uh, Mike grabbed me to talk a little bit about something involving true crime. Why not? I'm also a sports fan. So if you don't like sports, I apologize. But I'm a Cleveland guy. So I got my Browns. They suck, but you never know. This year, you know, it, that's what we always say here in Cleveland with the Browns. It's, like, it's a new year, and we've been waiting a long time. We are due. You know, we got the Cavs, little turmoil right now with the whole Kyrie Irving situation. Um, so I don't know exactly when I'm going to put this podcast on, but that's what's going on right now. We got that Kyrie Irving thing going on, but, you know, I'm a big LeBron James fan. We finally got our championship. So, and, you know, the Indians are good too. So if I start talking about sports, you're like, oh man, he's talking about sports again. I apologize, but I'm a sports guy. So um, other things that uh, interest me, like I said, and I want to talk about, I just might do that. So i kind of leaving it open. We're not just going to talk about acting. 95% of it will be about entertainment because, let's face it, folks, diversions, what would we do without them? We all got our problems. So... We all need a little diversion to help us through our day. And, you know, podcasts are getting really popular right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about them and, uh, you know, keeping the older films sort of fresh in our minds because they are wonderful. There's a lot of 70s films that people forget about and they shouldn't that I want to talk about, like Rocky, one of my favorite movies of all time. I can't wait to talk about that movie. So, you know, there you go. Um, I just want to let you know as well that uh, I will swear from time to time. I don't mean to. Um, I'm actually doing a very good job so far. I think I may have said a few bad words, but for the most part, I think I'm doing very well. So there you go. Um, looking forward to future podcasts. Like I said, the next podcast will be solely about Marlon Brando, and uh, it'll take probably about three episodes total. I'm hoping that that should be it, three. And uh, then we're going to take it from there, guys. This will conclude...
the first episode titled The Pilot Slash Intro. All done. So from here on out, regular episodes. Thank you so much for listening. I had fun. I hope you did too. Sit back, relax, put in a movie, right? Just put in your favorite movie tonight. Like, what movie makes you feel happy? Or what movie makes you feel sad? Sometimes you want to feel sad. You know, I put in a movie sometimes, I want to cry. It's really, I don't, I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You know, I, I swore just then. Oh, well. But I don't. I mean, uh, if I want a good cry, I'll put a movie in and I, I cry. It makes me feel good. So, you know, pick out a movie tonight. Whatever it is you're in the mood for, watch a good movie. All right. You guys have a good one. Thanks a lot.